We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Pino. And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dork. You're listening to the Uncontested What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, Jacob Niffin. Today, along for the ride, we've got Kamiar Morabian. I just got back just in time. I was uh, I was busy. Urinating. Uh, I know. No. I was petting my dogs. Oh, that's what you call it. That's you know, a little provocative, but we also have <laughs> recording via a tin can, Justin Peabody. Hey, that is not accurate. I am sitting on the ground outside listening to crickets and a fountain. Thank you. Are you in the grass? Uh, I am on the sidewalk. Like... Are you in the front yard? <laughs> I am in the front yard of my in laws like house. Some like old time <laughs> stuff like they used to do in junior high, like when like I don't know, like during the summers Sneaking when there wasn't out. a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, when you'd go and hang out at like what the what was that like an electrical box thing for like the neighborhood? What? Like the big metal box thing? Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't ever about? hang out there. Yeah, never hung out there. That's <laughs> where all the kids smoked weed. Oh. That explains a lot, Jacob. All the weird nunchuck kids, too. Also well, also well, feels right. In, in this call, we can name ourselves, and Kamiar's name is Reefer Madness. So it's don't a, 
That's a movie, buddy. It's a don't movie. talk to. Don't say that's that a movie. Head. That's a cautionary tale about why you shouldn't smoke reefer. The babysitter got high while smoking the reefer and put the kid in the oven instead of the turkey. Hate when <laughs> that, that happens. I've never yes. seen that. That's incredible. Uh, and just for our listeners' information, I wonder I, if she I, seasoned I, the kid first. I do not doubt God, it. I hate you so much. Was he white? Not only, yeah, it was all white meat, probably, dark meat. Probably really dry. These people don't season. These people don't season their food. I um, I do not partake in the devil's lettuce. Uh, I actually have never even drank alcohol before. So, uh, oh, well, I did one of the two before I got on the podcast. No, we'll just leave the leave that up to our listeners' imagination. Hey, talking about seasoning food or children. Mm-hmm. Um, Go on. <laughs> today. I so I'm a big fan of like barbecue, like actually barbecuing at my house, he and not barbecuing barbecue. meaning like throwing a uh, a a burger on the grill. That's not barbecuing. That's grilling. Agreed. Um, today I did my first full brisket. I, uh, I trimmed it all up, got it all ready, uh, put some rub on it. Got up at 4 a.m. Threw that bad boy on the smoker. Best food I've ever made, literally in my life. Well. Like I got out the meat thermometer that I had the brisket all wrapped up in the foil for like the, the second cooking part. And I was like, all right, I need to, I need to put the thermometer in it and see how warm it is. See if it's ready to come out. Stuck the point of the meat thermometer through the, the foil. And it went all the way through the meat. Yeah. Went all the way through the meat and popped out the other end. Like literally I could have cut this brisket with a spoon. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it sounds it so, delightful. I'm a little was, upset that you didn't offer to share. I'm sorry. Barbecue's overrated. Okay, okay. Come on. Yeah. Well, you know what, guys? You know, how about you go in like broaden your horizons of different types of food? And apparently on my timeline today, different types of Gatorade of people that only okay, drink that, original or like people like Jake that only drink yellow. I, I drink Gross. yellow and the light Orange, blue, and whatever. I don't drink the crappy cucumber one. Okay, you know what? You know what? It's Cucumbers refreshing. Cucumbers are gross. It's refreshing. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And I like, can't do the orange Gatorade because my mom made me drink that whenever I was a kid, and I would uh, get like a stomach bug and throw up. She'd make me drink that to hydrate. So now anytime <laughs> I drink orange Gatorade, I think of throw up. The nice. three best Good. kinds are cucumber lime, which nope. typically – I mean, there's a, there's only certain groups of people that do like it, or maybe I could say groups of people that don't like it. It's pretty obvious, and those people that don't like it don't season their food. Um, and uh, but the other ones, the Arctic cherry was pretty fantastic. Is that and the then, white one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the because uh, we got to explain Gatorade and colors. I only know Gatorade by the and colors. The yeah. uh, green apple is really, the green apple is really really green sweet, apple. so I don't really like that one too much. But uh, the like the the blue cherry, which is the dark blue one, is really good too. I, I like yellow. I like the light blue, which is the glacier freeze. Yeah. And then I don't know if they still make it, but they used to have like a strawberry lemonade Gatorade. It's disgusting. Again, it was really sweet, but it was good. I only drink Gatorade Zero now. I re- I like I've drank Gatorade Zero so long that regular Gatorade can just kind of tastes weird to me now. Weird flex, but okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's the same thing. I only drink Coke Zero now. So if I drink a regular Coke, it it's tastes really bad for you. Weird. What so is bad for me? Teeth Coke hurts, Zero? Yeah. Oh. There's a lot of bad things to your teeth and a lot of other things. 
Mexican yeah. Coke, on the other hand, is fantastic. Mm. Mexican Coke is delightful. It's wonderful. Yeah. We'll get I that had, wall built. I had, a, Mex- I, I had a rum and Coke and a coconut rum and Mexican Coke this evening before That's actually joining combo. the pod, and uh, it was pretty delightful, actually. It's like a some, snow cone. had some Woodford Reserve with my pinky out. Nice. Yeah. I don't know what half of those words mean. That's like, fine. I mowed the lawn, and after I worked out, and then I showered, and I was like, you know what? I want a rum and coke, until, and, and I watched the movie Us again. It was fantastic. Nice. Very, like, basic white girl yeah. of you. I Thank like you. it. Very good. All right, well, uh, let's talk about some basketball, guys. Basketball. As the days go on, it just gets more and more and more clear that the NBA – will be back without fans looking like Disney World come probably mid-June. It looks like we're going to get like training camp in mid-June, which is pretty exciting. Our, our guy, Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports and uh, Celtics Blog, and I think he's on Real GM and like a whole lot of other places, has been kind of championing this Disney World idea for the NBA, and he's the, the perfect person to listen to talk about it because Keith not only is super plugged in in the league, but worked 20 years for the Walt Disney Company. So he knows what's going on on both sides of the fence here. I actually listened to his latest podcast where he kind of broke down the the Walt Disney World property and the layout and where the, the players would be and how things would work. And it's fascinating. Like Disney is is so uniquely positioned to be perfect for this situation. So uh, it, it's looking like Disney's going to be the place. But it's where dreams I, come true. Yes, that, that's what his Disney source said. It was kind of cheesy. That was the corniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was pretty cheesy. <laughs> but man, so Keith did like some some like mild investigating. Uh, so I guess Disney is starting to like partially open back up. Yeah. And you can book a room at like really any of the hotels on the Disney property, except this one hotel, which is right next to that um, ESPN sports complex place. And so he's pretty sure that that's where they're going to house the players at. that place has like a golf course, has a walking and running track. It has a Marina, uh, like tons of stuff for these guys to do. Um, So, so it looks like, they're going to have like their own wing of Walt Disney World. I didn't realize how large that property was, Dude, guys. It is massive. It's like its own city. Yeah. And well, the yes. thing that's crazy about Disney World is like their logistics and everything. Um, when they when they built it, I guess Walt, one of the things he was kind of adamant about was, you know, he didn't want to have anything that takes away from the magic. So like there's an entire underground city under Disney World, that that's yeah. how they take all the trash out. Is there a so railroad? Only... <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> it's a different. Uh, that's a different story. But but yeah, they they're not allowed to take trash bags out all... of the trash can. It comes. It goes down right. into like the underground area. And do everybody, they, all, the, put it, all the put it on a train. Okay. <laughs> to dispose of it. There's somebody down there that leads the way. Yeah. Um. No, but there's all the like all the cast members like follow the path to their area underground and then just pop out of the ground in whatever part of the park they're supposed to be in. So you never see somebody like walking to work in Disney world, but all that to say, like, if you think about if Disney was like in charge of a city, it would be the most well-run city in the United States because I can't think of a single place that has logistics and that kind of stuff 
more down than Disney does. I mean, Walt Disney was a Nazi sympathizer, and he he was a fan of Adolf Hitler. And I mean, it makes sense that I mean the Nazis had several underground tunnels to protect their uh, higher-ranking officers, and that they would do the same thing at their establishments in the United States, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, this really took a turn. <laughs> so one one thing that kind of blew my mind listening to Keith talk. He said some people have asked him, like, would the players and their families, like, have access to the parks and the rides? And he said probably not. That would be up to the NBA, but probably not because that would be, like, outside of, of the yeah. quote-unquote bubble. But he uh, he also said, you know, some of these parks won't be open yet. They're, they're like, staging their reopening. But for Magic Kingdom to be open, fifteen to 20,000 employees. That's incredible. That blows my mind. Yeah. And yet he's, he said the, the property is so large, it takes you half an hour in a car to get from one side to the other. Yeah. It's just, it's wild. It's absolutely you know what, wild. What, what this whole thing reminds me of a little bit is like the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's the closest comparison. I was trying to think of, you know, it's tough to kind of envision sending these guys off possibly without their families for, you know, a long stretch of time, just kind of cooped up in a hotel playing basketball. But the Olympics, I feel like, is the closest um, comparison. Obviously, it's only Didn't they get weeks. canceled? Yes, the Olympics got canceled this year. But, oh, okay. like, the, uh, you know, just being in a place where your sole focus is playing basketball and the only people you're around is, like, team and team personnel, I feel yeah. like is, is probably the most similar experience. So thinking about, like, the Thunder, for example, with guys that have – that Olympics experience, obviously Chris Paul comes to mind. Um, some of the, does Gallo have Olympic experience? I actually don't know that. As I I'm think saying he does. It. I feel like he does. Playing for um, Italia. Anyway, some of that stuff, I don't know how much it comes in handy, but it, it may be somewhat useful. Yeah, it's fascinating. One, one thing that I really thought about whenever Keith mentioned that they have a marina where the players would actually be able to go rent a boat and then go out and ride the boat which NBA player is most likely to get drunk, run a boat, and crash it? Does J.R. Smith count as an answer? Well, he's not in the league anymore, but yes, he, he would totally <laughs> I feel like he'd probably still show up and crash most likely to get drunk and wreck a boat? Yeah. Lance Stevenson? He's not in the league, though. Oh, man, that's right. He's playing somewhere else. And they're a playoff team? Who's just like that's a loose hard. cannon, complete loose cannon and an idiot? Patrick Beverly? Dion is on the Lakers. Is he still? Okay. But, but Dion, he he was allegedly slipped in edible. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> plane. <laughs> and had an anxiety attack when yeah. they landed. Dude, I'm saying I'm not saying from experience or anything. Um allegedly. But I'm saying I could totally see that happening, and that would be frightening as hell. Oh um, my god! But like, uh, uh, words, man. <laughs> like maybe uh oh, who's the idiot from the Lakers? That's the center, uh, Javale. I could see it happening to Javale. Yeah. I could oh see yeah, JaVale. that's a good point. That he was on Shaqton so many times, so I could see it happening. Javale probably gonna fall off the boat and drown. You have to put him in a freaking <laughs> like. Little, uh, what do you call the things that you put around your arms of like your little kids so they don't floaties? Drown? floaties? Floaties, yeah, you have to put Javel in some floaties. Justin's <laughs> got some pool, uh, some pool water, uh, experiences with his children. 
Oh yeah. yeah. There's there's nothing better than uh having the kid that poops in the pool. Let me tell you from firsthand experience. <laughs> uh, hey, at least you weren't there when it happened, right? <laughs> this is true. We were we were as a podcast watching the big three and I just get a and text your son from my was wife dropping a big number three. <laughs> he did poop. so dot dot dot. Uh, that's he pooped in the pool. <laughs> it reminds me of it reminds me of Caddyshack. But yes, it was actually poop. <laughs> all right. Well, with all this talk about basketball coming back, uh, Shams Charnia of the Athletic reported the other day that Friday evening the league sent out a survey to all the GMs uh, asking them questions about different ways that they can return to play. So guys, I thought what we would do is I will tell kind of explain these different options that appeared on this survey uh, to you guys and to all of our listeners. And then I want us to discuss like the pros and the cons of each one, which one we personally like the most, and then which one we think the league is going to go with. So some of their options, the first one was just they'll proceed directly to the playoffs. They'll come in, they'll do their training camp, they'll do some scrimmages, and then they'll just jump right into the playoffs as the standings were on March 12th and and what they currently are. The second option was they would come back and they would do a regular season with all 30 teams. So you'd play out some of the regular season. The option was 72 or 76 games. And then at the end of that, you take the standings and then we go into the playoffs. Um, another option was a play-in tournament for the final seeds. So they might have a play-in tournament for the eighth seed, or they could do a play-in tournament for seventh and eighth. One of the most interesting ones that was proposed and put on the survey was a group stage to replace the first round. This would be a lot like what you see in the FIFA World Cup, where we would have like five teams in a group, each team plays every other group member twice. And then in the group, the two teams with the best record at the end of the group phase goes on to a traditional second round of the playoffs. And then they also brought up, if we go into the playoffs, do they want to seed the playoffs normally, east and west, or reseed everyone 1 through 16? So lots of different options here. I kind of wanted to pick your guys' brain on some of the pros and cons, which one of those options or which two of those options that you two find the most fascinating or interesting or would like to see. And then what we eventually think the league is just going to end up doing. You know, right off the gate, advance directly to the playoffs just makes a lot of logistical sense. Just thinking about, you know, transporting all the teams to Disney world, kind of getting them there, getting them through a a training camp type period, um, getting them ready to play. And then, getting to the playoffs does it make sense to have teams that have no shot at making the playoffs show up like the warriors um i that's the biggest hurdle for me in the option that's you know finish out the season is why would the warriors show up at the very least i think if they showed up it probably wouldn't include steph curry clay thompson draymond green it's going to look like a summer league roster so it's the team they've been running all season anyways okay but it's um like no no team is going to send their big stars to Orlando because that doesn't have a shot to make the playoffs because there's no incentive to. Um, so advancing directly to the playoffs, especially if you're looking at it from OKC's perspective, is interesting because I feel like the Jazz matchup is a pretty solid matchup for Oklahoma City, not to repeat the mistakes of two years ago where 
the Jazz looked like a good matchup for Oklahoma City, but we know how that turned out. Uh, I think that jumping into the playoffs with that being your matchup is a pretty good bet for Oklahoma City, especially because home court doesn't matter now. So while you were maybe hoping to jump the Jazz and get up to the four seed, now that you're playing in Orlando, home court doesn't matter. And so start the playoffs now. Can I offer a counter to that argument? Please. Okay. So I understand the argument of just bring the 16 teams back instead of the 30, right? The the nine seed in each conference uh, it is pretty far out. The Western Conference, I think the nine seed Blazers are three and a half games behind Memphis. And then the Eastern Conference, the Wizard are like five games behind Orlando. So like neither one of them really have a shot at making it, especially if we only go like 72 regular season games. But the bigger thing here isn't, okay, we can't make the playoffs, so screw it. Looking at that is like zoomed in really close. When we zoom out farther and look at the the big picture here, the big thing is the revenue, not only for this season, but how it affects how players will get paid moving forward due to the salary cap. And so the more teams that you bring back and the more games that you play, you're getting more money from your regional networks and then you're getting more money from those national TV games. And and that will make up some of that lost revenue. So the the cap hit and and the overall basketball revenue hit won't be as bad. Yes, would it suck for like the Warriors to have to come back, do two weeks of, or three weeks of a training camp, and then only get to play two weeks worth of games and then go home? That would probably suck. But it provides the league with a lot more money moving forward. It's not about right now. It's about what happens two, three, four years down the line from now, especially with the bottom, the bottom financial line. I'm sure that's something that they're, they're talking about. And it's a great point. You're probably not ever going to make me feel bad for the warriors. So if they have to trot a team out with no hope of making the playoffs, I'm not going to shed many tears about it. Um, but definitely, you know, trying to get more games televised is going to be a consideration. I just think it has to be balanced with who's going to show up and what logistical sense does it make? Um, yeah, for sure. What costs are going to have to go down in order to bring that many teams in? Also, if you only bring back playoff teams, that's teams like the Warriors, the Bulls, the Knicks, uh, the Wizards, teams like that wouldn't be showing up. And those are teams with very large fan bases. Uh, who tune into television to watch their team play. So that's a lot more eyes on the TV, which is more revenue. I feel like you say that, but, I mean, they're going to tune in anyways because they have been having to watch the Bundesliga and NASCAR and golf for the last however many months. So whatever basketball that shows up will be good for anybody. That's a good point. That That is also very true. So, Kamir, out of all those options, uh, which one is the most fascinating to you? <sighs> I don't know about fascinating. I hate almost all of them. Um, like, just go directly to the playoffs. I was actually having this conversation today in another group message, and I thought, what what is the point in bringing, what is the point in playing another seven regular season games? What, what's the point in that besides more more revenue from TV, just shove all these games and get get money into the system? Like, that's the only other thing I can imagine as far as other than just you know, getting game shape back in. But again, I like feel you like guys, that's what it is. And yeah. again, like, again, like you said, um, you can do that by interest squad scrimmages several times. But again, like it's not, 
I don't know, you, should, you would have to push yourself. Or you can do that with scrimmages against other squads. Um, so, I mean, I just, it sounds more like it's just a money grab. I think that's stupid. Uh, I, I just hate that. I really hate the reseeding with, you know, the East and the West. Like, out of all times, out of everything that's gone on and out of every other possible situation and out of every single year, you thought, oh, on the fly, yeah, let's try it out. Like, I think that's really dumb. I mean, like, I guess, like, there's still a championship to be won. If there was no championship to be won, um, then fine. That's, for some reason, that's that's great. I don't know how that would work, but sure, go for it. Uh, but uh, there's still a championship to be won, and I think you altering things at the last second is pretty stupid because it's, it, although it's, it, it is uncertain times and it is very, um, very, very off the wall, and these are unprecedented times in which, of course, we're not living life casually. Yeah, you or sound mo- like every uh, commercial on TV right now. Most we're not living <laughs> life. We're not living life casually unless you are in the Ozarks right now. Uh, it's just it doesn't make any sense to me, and so ditch the regular season, play it like you normally would in eight. You know, play it like you normally would. Eight on eight teams, east and west divided, and just go directly to the playoffs that people already know what to expect. Instead, cramming more teams in there, like isn't that more of a health hazard still? Because they've uh, Shams, Shams and Wojnarowski both said there are several more players actually contracted COVID that didn't actually come out about it because they right. maybe weren't Kevin Durant or somebody. Um, so like shoving 30 teams, which means, uh, how many staffers go along with those teams? Like remember when Rudy Gobert, uh, took of course the Utah jazz. Oh my God. Oh my God. I need to talk about this. I'm sorry. Uh, we're taking a detour because now we're about to talk about the jazz and this tweet from the freaking white guy, Joe Ingles made me so upset. Did you see what he said the other day? Go ahead and enlighten us. All right, so I gotta find it first. It's is getting... this the quote that he claims was taken out of context? I get kind of, but the one where he said he would fly back to Australia and never play again. Well, no, no, no. It's this one. He's actually quoting that one about that. Yeah, right. He says, "For context, I said this over two months ago when we knew nothing about the virus and what it could do." I know the Jazz and NBA would only have us play if they were confident that everyone's health had been put first when it's safe to go back to play. I will not let my teammates down. And, like, are we missing the context of the Jazz tested Rudy Gobert for literally everything and he tested negative and he was still showing some really bad symptoms and they still let him play in one game and fly to another city and almost <laughs> try to make him play in another game? You stupid sons of bitches. Like, like who, who, who does that? Who does that? I don't even remember what I'm talking about. Like, oh, but so like they they, they <laughs> then they proceeded, then they proceeded to not just get the 15 jazz players play, uh, tested with Oklahoma's like 70% of their capacity. They proceeded to do all the coaches. They proceeded to do all the staffers and everything else. So you're telling me 30 teams with all their coaches, all their staffers, isn't like a logistics nightmare as far as as far as getting N95 masks, getting all the tests manageable. That's stupid. That's so dumb. Uh, like now, maybe maybe they play in games for like dudes that are like nine through ten or nine, you know, nine through ten that are within two game shot. 
I'd like to entertain that. That's intriguing. But uh, I think the other things are stupid. Just go traditional. Do what you're supposed to do. I want to see the. I, I would love to see Portland as the highest payroll team in the NBA out of the playoffs after a keep on. They keep on reminding OKC that Damian Lillard ended their season last year, but then OKC showed up this year with an older team and just whipped their ass like however many times in a row. Uh, but yeah, it's it's, it's that's a that's a weird situation that they're in. But just do things as normal. Do things as casual. Like, And I guess, like, what? Do you guys think that their thinking is, hey, this season's already screwed up. Might as well try a bunch of different things, even though, like... I think that's maybe part of the, the thinking, yeah. Well, but what would the other half of the thinking be, then? Yeah, well, I, I think some of it is, you know, it's already weird. Let's just, let's just go crazy with it and, and play around. I'm with you, though, on the fact that if you want to reseed 1 through 16... If you want to do this group stage, whatever, like I feel like that is something that you have to decide in the off season. Yeah, that like, way like players give me two know years from advanced. game one. Give me two years notice. You I can't do like that a... stuff like literally two weeks before, as or as Spencer Dinwiddie put. Look, I was told we were gonna go practice on this date, and everybody's like, "Oh, well, looks like that's the date." <laughs> yeah, so I, I feel I'm... like some of it is, you know, it's a GM survey, and so they're they're gonna get input from all GNs and I feel like you know you brought up the Portland Trailblazers like somebody like the Trailblazers is obviously not going to be in favor of let's just go straight to the playoffs because they feel like yes there are a few games out but like they still have they should have had a chance to make a run for the playoffs they, so they're going to be pushing man. for the Pelicans have more of a chance than that. they do now yeah I'm I'm not here to argue whether they should deserve a chance or not but I think that you're gonna see it uh, obviously, you know, teams that are in the playoffs are probably going to be more in favor of going straight to the playoffs, yeah. depending on how they feel about their matchup and all that kind of stuff. So I think it'll be an interesting kind of temperature-taking measure to see where each of the teams stand on this. Yeah, I would love to see the results of this survey. And, Kamiar, back to your your kind of rant there on the logistics of how you make all of this happen and, and you know, protective gear and testing and everything. I don't know if either of you guys have seen this. But um, uh, Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer actually wrote about the idea of testing uh, the NBA players in the bubble. And one thing that the league is looking into is doing what they call group testing, where instead of testing each individual person, you take their collective samples. If they do the finger prick or the saliva or the tip of the nose sample, you take all the samples from like 20 people and then you test all of those 20 as one test. And if it comes back negative, then you're good. If it comes back positive, you have to go back and run individual tests for each of the 20. But so in reality, you're maybe using swabs for 20, but you're actually only running one test. So you're going to cut the amount of tests you have to use down by like a massive amount, which I thought was a really fascinating idea. That is interesting. And it makes a lot of sense because if one person tested positive on a team, you're going to take the measures with the whole team anyway. Exactly. But if it, if it comes back negative, you just tested an entire team and staff with one test. And you know they're good. Yeah, right? exactly. And also, they're lowering the amount of like the traveling party of the teams. Yeah. They said typically it's like 70 to 80 people, and they're going to be limited to I think like a max of 35 or 40. You just put those people in like vans. <laughs> Get some mobile homes out there. I'm sure yeah. Disney has an RV park. Yeah, some, yeah, some RVs. That'd be fun. 
So I think that the most make it interesting a TV one show. Of they can make it a reality TV show. They can make more money off of that just by like that's what I've been off, saying. Living <laughs> off like it's like show Shay. Like really, the Thunder team gets along really well. But put all, all three of the point guards on one bus and see how that works out, and just like have a reality show or or maybe or you just uh, mix and match players in the league, like the real world. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, no, because they, they that what? wouldn't work because they don't want to combine people from different areas. So like right. you get like like what team? realistically hates each other but still the jazz so like put put rudy and donovan in the same rv yeah and have them like on the and have rudy on the top bunk instead of lower bunk so like donovan has to see his feet the entire time (laughs) i love it i love it so my my most interesting one of these options is the group stage play Uh, i don't know if i like it or not but it's a fascinating idea you know know, i i like I'm a soccer fan and I think that, you know, group stage from soccer in the major tournaments, it, it's an interest, it adds an interesting dynamic to where it's not just a, you know, one and done, or like if you're in the, you either make the, the tournament stage, uh, or you're going home, it adds a little extra element of drama. Obviously the teams that are dominant and, should be in we'll get in and the teams that are on the bubble it adds a little bit more excitement yeah it's interesting but the one that that i just hope they go to and i think they will is playing a few regular season games and then going into the playoffs i like the idea of the regular season again for for the money issue that way we don't have like a massive collapsing of the cap and then also i mean it for me, it's just more basketball to sit down and watch, and so I, I prefer I'll never turn that, that down. I over. do like what what Keith Smith was talking about of how they're talking about playing the game summer league style, starting at like noon and just playing them all day. Like, yeah, sign me up for that, absolutely. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I wonder if they do a regular season, they're not going to keep the same schedules that those teams had. At least I don't right. think. So maybe if they do let's say eight regular season games, maybe they do those regular season games as a group play type thing. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, where where it's just the same five teams together. So you're not like intermingling them as much. Right. So, so what would the group stages look like though? Sorry. I had to step out again to pet my dog. Um, What would the group stages look like? They're like, are you gonna combine? Just I bet it would the be comp- divisions. I are you gonna think. combine the divisions, or are you gonna restructure the divisions based upon region? Yeah, it depends on how many teams you invite back. Because you got yeah. the you got the Northwest division, but I mean, like, really, Minnesota belongs in the Eastern Conference, and OKC's over there that belongs in the Southwest Conference. Yeah, and I, what's funny is, isn't Memphis farther east than Chicago? Yes. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. Um, but put, be, putting OKC in a division with Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, San Antonio, New Orleans, that'd be fun. I'd be yeah. down for that. So it's uh, it's definitely interesting. There's so many ways they can go. I It's cool that Shams wrote this report on this, this survey. I'm even more interested to see the results of the survey, and I hope we get that. I don't know if we will because it only takes one GM to send Shams hey, we got this survey. Here's what it looks like. Um, but I think he would have to get the information from the league to find out what the the results are because I don't know if the, the league is going to send out all the results. I would also be fascinated to see what Presti answered on yeah. that survey as well. For sure. It would be, be interesting to be a fly on the wall. 
So, all right, guys. Well, let's take a minute to talk about our sponsor for the day. And then we are going to try to trade Danilo Gallinari. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can also still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Speaking of that, real quick, Justin, have either of you guys seen some of the excerpts from that conversation of the last dance? Uh, Horace Grant had some thoughts. Horace Grant doesn't give a shit about anything. <laughs> that dude, kind of awesome. That dude is just letting bullets fly. Someone's uh, gonna—it's everyone's catching strays from him. It's incredible. You know, after the last dance, which was incredibly fun, and I wouldn't trade it for anything, but, I mean, it was Michael Jordan propaganda created by Michael Jordan. Yeah, it was. It's kind of fun to get the Horace Grant version. Um, I don't hate it. I didn't see it. It's pretty good. He's. Um, they asked him if they if he thought Scotty was portrayed accurately, and he said he thought it was some horse shit. And like he just he just goes off. He's completely unfiltered. Wait, it's where, incredible. Where can I find this? Um, YouTube th- BetOnline.ag. Call yep. me our duh. Yep. It's uh it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Okay. Okay, what's guys. It, what's it called? The final dance. The final. Did you not listen to any of the ad read? No. I was looking up other things that are important to my life. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Well. These past few Sundays, we have been coming up with hypothetical trades for some of the Thunder vets. We've done Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Steven Adams. So this week, we've got to go to Danilo Gallinari, who is a free agent this summer. So I figured we would talk about what teams would maybe be interested in Danilo Gallinari but couldn't afford him this summer. Uh, And so they'd have to engage in a sign-and-trade with with OKC to make that happen. Uh, What we kind of think... Gallo will get on the open market and what the Thunder could get back in a sign and trade for him. Uh, so, so a few questions here, but eventually at the end of this process, we're going to have Daniel Gallinari on a different team in the league. Uh, any thoughts first off on what teams does Gallo fit on next season? He fits on a winner. Uh, he doesn't want to go to any losers. I agree. I was thinking um, about that as well. Like one team where that could really use his services and his style of play, but I don't think he would want to play is Phoenix. Yeah. You. Yeah. No one wants to play in Phoenix. I yeah. Mean... I'm, but the, the, just the pairing of that makes <laughs> yeah. a lot of sense. It does you know? make a lot of sense. And that's kind of what I was going to say is honestly, there's not a ton of teams that I think he'd be a bad fit on. Yeah. I think he just like, Gallo's one of those players that he's like Tobias Harris and 
but not as like game changery. Uh, Tobias Harris can do a lot more, um, but he's a dude that's that can score you, of course, like a solid fifteen to twenty points a night. And he's a dude that you can rely on. And that would be really, really good on a contender that might push you over the top. Um, so like, I just keep on looking at the top four or five teams in each division, Argus Conference, and seeing what where he would fit best and how he can make the most impact where uh, where he would land. I'd like to see him on the Heat. I think seeing him Gallo in Miami. Well, that deal was like almost done, wasn't it? I know. I want to see it happen. And get, uh, what, what, what was the hang up on that deal? Gallo wanted one more year. Yeah, Gallo wanted the third yeah. year. Miami didn't want to give it because they wanted to keep their cap space for 2021 open. Did we ever – we found yeah, out what, that, what Miami was offering or no? Uh, Kendrick there Nunn. There rumors. I think it was Kendrick Nunn, uh, basically salary filler and um, removing the protections on that lottery-protected 2023, 2024 pick, whichever one that is. Hmm, it's not a bad deal, actually. <laughs> I mean, Presti was willing that Presti's side was done. <laughs> yeah, it, everybody right. was done. It was just like camp to Danilo Gallinari, so they were pretty yeah. happy with that. That's pretty intriguing. Basically, the, actually. from what it, what I understand of it, the the deal between the teams were done, and it was to the point where Presti said, "Okay, talk to Gallo. You to get, get you that yeah, you have here. to get Gallo to sign the extension. You can talk to him now." Wow, that's yep. pretty cool. Actually, we could have had yeah, kind of fascinating, Nunn. but Kendrick Nunn isn't like he's not your like people are like, "Oh wow, he's a rookie that came out of nowhere." Well, he's uh, he's a little. He, He's a pretty he's like old 25. Rookie. Yeah, he's 20, he was something the, like that. He's in the G League for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about Gallo to the Spurs? Does that make any sense? Uh, makes sense uh, as far as aging people. Yeah, being on the Spurs. <laughs> I don't like know he would that be they paired next to a... like Aldridge, DeRozan. God, um, that's dinosaurs. Thirty-three for Rudy Gay, thirty-four for oh, Aldridge, gosh. thirty for DeRozan, thirty-one Dude, for Patty Mills, why would thirty-four you do that? for Bellinelli. Why would you do that to Gallinari? I mean, I bet Pop would love him, but and he would be really he'd be even more excellent in that system. But I mean, that I don't want to kill his career and send him to San Antonio. Doesn't, yeah, that doesn't fit the bill of being a. Uh, and plus, what do you what, what would you even get back from San Antonio other than just picks? That's a good question. I mean, Derek White, you, you would have to match salaries. In that deal, and so what do we think Gallo's going to get in the open market next summer? Is he like right now? He's making almost twenty-three million a season. Is he like eighteen million a season for well, like it, a two or three-year deal? You say eighteen, but the cap, the cap is going down. So you see, yeah, it's going to go down. I, I imagine they're going to try to smooth it as much as they can, so it doesn't like free fall. Um, just, but I mean, yeah. you say that, but they've done that the last two times. were just spiked. Yeah. Right. Well. I think the spike is a little different than the drop, though. I think everyone's fine with the spike because you're making money. When it's well, a drop, unless you're, you're, unless you're a small money. market team, right? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> we saw how that worked <laughs> no out. No shit. Um, I don't know. The, the Spurs just seemed like an interesting fit. I don't know if it makes a ton of sense. Um, in Marco Bellinelli, in the Danilo Gallinari. So do it for you. I'm. I'm just. I'm gonna throw this out here. Tell me if I'm crazy or not. Maybe I am. You're crazy. Does he make sense in Minnesota next to Carl Anthony Towns? That's that that is reefer madness, sir. <laughs> I mean the I mean, the Wolves did trade for James Johnson. They have him for another year. Um why do you hate that, why do you hate Danilo Gallinari? <laughs> that's my question. I love Danilo Gallinari. I'm just trying to find You're a place sending where him to play. basketball hell. Yeah. The Blazers okay. still make some sense. The Blazers kinda make sense. 
They'll get Nurk back. Hassan Whiteside's coming off the books. The problem is I don't see how they have uh, any salaries to match to make it work. That's true. What's Bazemore getting paid? Too much. Yeah, too damn much. They don't even have Kent Bazemore anymore. They traded him for Trevor Ariza. That's right. That's right. Oh, you're right. Chance the Rapper looking. Oh, my God. It's crazy how similar looking they I like Chance the Rapper. Okay, here's another one. With Paul Millsap contract expiring, does Gallo make sense going back home to Denver? That's one of the pick, that's one of the trades I have for him actually. Oh, okay. What do you got? Let us hear it. <clears throat> Except this time, I don't think he would be wearing the really really long socks. I hope he stays with the shorter socks. <laughs> that's a good. That's a nice change. Yeah, it's, it's a very <laughs> good change. Um, so this is I threw this one together, and it it is uh. It's kind of like a raw outline. Like I imagine OKC might want to pick back in return, like maybe a second rounder or something. Um, this one helps OKC get a little bit younger um, and get a little more wing play as far as what they m- might lose in Dennis Schroeder and what they already kind of have in Abdul Nader and Hamadou Diallo who needs to be traded and Terrence Ferguson and stuff like that. Um, so right now... Um, I've got Danilo Gallinari going back to the Nuggets, which I think they can really use him because, like like you mentioned, Jake, I think because Millsap is a dinosaur and he's also making the most money on that team as far as his contract is this year, uh, he just doesn't make sense. And Gallinari makes a ton of sense about how they play basketball over there right now. And OKC gets back in return Gary Harris and Monte Morris, because at some point you're going to end up dishing out CP3 and or Dennis Schroeder. And so it may be a future pick somewhere in there. So where OKC gets younger, Gary Harris would only have two years left on his deal. Monte Morris only has one year left on his deal. And um, I don't know, and, and, and honestly, because the cap is going down, you actually uh, you save money by making that trade too. Nice. So... Now that we're talking about it, the one hang-up I think there would be on that is does Denver want to get a little bit older and bring in a more established player like Gallo? Yes, because he won a title. Yeah, or do they roll with Grant and do they have enough faith that Michael Porter Jr. uh, next year is going to be ready for heavy minutes? I think you you would slide in Gallinari at the four, just like where Millsap was. And then you have, gosh, oh my goodness! Can you imagine that that line, that five, that starting five. Like, who who'd you start at the two? You have Jamal Murray. Who starts the two for them? You'd probably uh, with Gary Harris gone. You'd probably start Will Barton, I would assume. And then at the three, who are you starting? It's a good question. Do you Torrey put Michael Craig? Por- Torrey Craig, or maybe you put Michael Porter Jr. there? I don't know that. that and then you have Danilo Gallinari and Jokic. So you've got a, like a lot of guys and pretty some pretty high IQ guys, uh, and guys that play really, really, really good team basketball. And I think Danilo Gallinari fits really well in there, especially for a team that uh, they're on the up and up right now. And um, if they want to win titles now, great, fantastic. If for OKC, I mean. They they like their Iowa State players. Monte Morris is the same. He's an Iowa State player. Abdul he played with Abdul Nader. He played with uh, he played with uh, Lego Man um, and <laughs> Gary Harris. I always liked Gary Harris, and I know Denver fans uh, they have his issues with them because of his consistency. But in in reality, 
Gary Harris is like six foot four, six five. He's a wing. He's a defensive wing, three and D. And if he can, if he can rekindle uh, that corner three, I think he's fantastic. And, and it's not like a Kyle Singler situation where he did it great for one year and that was it. And because like of Russ, you know, like I, th- I really think Kyle Singler actually probably does a lot better in OKC under the current regime, to be honest. Um, but I think Gary Harris is not like a Terrence Ferguson. He's more active. He can actually handle the ball a little bit more, and he'll do a lot more for you. I mean, like, they gave him that contract for a reason. So Yeah, and I think you could also get Gary Harris in that sign-and-trade and then flip him at the trade deadline or yeah, something. that's fair. Uh, yeah. And, and get even more assets. Because I think Gary Harris is 25 and Monte Morris is 24. Yeah. And that kind of, that, that mildly kind of fits the ti- the age timeline of this team they would be the older guys being 24 and 25 which is kind of ridiculous um unless you're of course steven adams who's still by the way that age he's young so uh yeah i think that trade would be intriguing well speaking of steven adams i just came up with one and i again maybe i'm biased maybe this is a dumb trade i don't know you guys be the judge of that there's been a lot of talk really all this season all the way back to last summer before the season even started on if DeMontis Sabonis and Miles Turner could coexist together. They're both kind of centers. Neither really plays the power forward. Um, they're both now on on bigger contracts. Would a sign-and-trade sending Gallo to Indiana uh, maybe for Miles Turner make sense? I mean, I know that the age gap there is big. Turner makes $18 million a year for the next four years. Uh, you could almost match that perfectly with a Gallo sign-and-trade. Uh, and then you can have Sabonis as your permanent starting five in Indiana with Gallo. Are you at sending out Stephen Adams? Well, if you brought in Miles Turner, I think you would then really be looking to ship off that Stephen Adams. Because like right? in this, in this, because he has he's like and he's an expiring next year. Yeah. So and I think, right. like you mentioned earlier, Kamir, with the cap going down, people uh, need to shed money. Yeah, and so. You know, does somebody want to take on that expiring Steven Adams contract and send OKC back a contract of similar value that goes on for another year or two and then attach a pick to it? You know, but but so Gallo to Indiana for Miles Turner, that would make Indiana starting lineup Malcolm Brogdon, Victor Oladipo, TJ Warren, Danilo Gallinari, and then Domas Sabonis uh, with a bench of guys like Jeremy Lamb, Doug McDermott, Justin Holiday. Uh, Aaron Holiday, et cetera. That's that's a hell of a lot of shooting. That that's a team that that's can, a serious lineup. That's that's a team that could space the hell out of a lot of Eastern Conference teams. That one's kind of fascinating to me. But yeah. is, is that is that equitable? Is is Gallo for Miles Turner? Is that too lopsided? Does Miles Turner have too much upside? I don't know. Right? Like I I think that's the question here. I think it really depends on what you hit on. Is how does Indiana see his future playing out? Like, there's no doubt that he's got a potential upside but long term do they feel like him and Sabonis are the right choice yeah or again they, they both play go... the same position and one of those two made the all-star right. game this past year and it wasn't <laughs> right. Miles Turner right that's a great point but then again I look at it from the Thunder perspective too and I think that you know we've talked about timelines and contract size with Steven Adams I think you'd have some of the same issues with Miles Turner and the thing that you're missing is the locker room presence that Adams brings. That Definitely. I think is probably the main reason you would keep him 
around yep. a developing squad. Miles think, is 24, so he's two years younger than Steven. Do you think Steven Adams, okay. after his contract, would re-sign with OKC for, I'm not saying a ton less, but maybe $6 million less? Uh, I think his next con- – will it be an OKC? I hope. I think his next contract will definitely be cheaper, number like one, because his market 20, value wasn't there, number two. Million, <laughs> like, they give him, like, 16 to $18 million. I, I bet he, I bet if the Thunder came to him and said they wanted to he sign him it. for another four-year, let's say four-year 60, so 15 a year. I think he that would That sounds do it. reasonable. I think he would yeah. do it because, like, again, like, Reading he his wears book the same in, goddamn shoes every yeah, game. It's re- not like he needs the money. Reading his book and like re- and kind of finding out who he is as a person, just like you know, of course, like he's been with the Thunder for like a million years now. I mean, you see the type of person he is. He's very frugal, and I think he he's not the type of player that's like, oh no, I need my money, I need my money, and like play really really well in a contract year just to like you know crap the bed the next year. That's not the type of player or person he is. So I think he's very humble and frugal to her. I think he would be willing to renegotiate to be in OKC, to be honest. Yeah, the the only one that would yeah. scare me is in his book, he talks about how much respect he has for Popovich. Yeah. But I don't think Popovich well, will be retiring. around he coaching. Said, he said the first time or the last time he met Pop in that Western Conference Finals, he smelled his hair and his magnificence. Yeah. Yes. That's the I love best. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think Popovich will be coaching in the league whenever Steven is a free agent, uh, I guess this time next year. I agree. Right? Like, like yeah. I, I think Pop is yeah. probably going into his last year of coaching. I think that's fair. I kind of worry about how old like Popovich is and and COVID nineteen and the stop, bubble. Stop! Stop! And... Don't Dude. you're ruining this. Yeah. By the way, I, one time I was in San Antonio. And I really have you guys ever been to San Antonio during a basketball game? Not during a basketball game, but I've been down there before. Uh, I have been to a Spurs game, yeah. So, but it was but, a long. Was it during playoffs? No. It was also in the Alamo Dome. Man, oh, that's really cool, actually. <laughs> one, one time I was on a, I was on a school, uh, a work-related school, like, sponsored kind of like, trip, right? And we went to San Antonio. And I was one of the chaperones, and me and a couple of my colleagues, we went, we went down on the, on the river walk. And first of all, OKC is doing it wrong if they're trying to emulate what San Antonio has because that thing is amazing in San Antonio. Agreed. And it was during the, the playoffs, and I tried so hard to score some tickets to go to a San Antonio game during the playoffs because I hear it's just as electric as maybe OKC. And this is when, you know, this was about you know, four, three, four years ago when San Antonio was still pretty good. And um, it was the year Kawhi was still there before they uh, he dipped out. And... I was really, really upset that I couldn't. But, yeah, San Antonio, oh, man, that, that's a really awesome city that people don't get enough credit for. Their Riverwalk is amazing, and they have so their, – their, their fans are super passionate. So that's all I got to say. I got another Gallo trade for you guys. Does yes. Danilo Gallinari for Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris make any sense? Is Andre Robertson still on the team? I don't think Andre Robertson is going to be on any team. <laughs> it feels like you should know the answer to that. Well, you know, he he. If the season resumes, he was thinking about coming and suiting up for the Thunder. Like, dude, shut up! No, you weren't, you liar. I heard he's already in Orlando. Yeah, he's probably 
you know, on crutches still and enjoying the rides. <laughs> I, I I think That's in that hypothetical deal, Dinwiddie and Joe Harris for Danilo Gallinari, I think the Thunder need to get a pick back. Yeah. Are you getting those guys back with the intention of just flipping them for more assets? I would assume they probably would. I mean, Joe Harris is about to be 29. <laughs> right. Yeah. Spencer and Dinwiddie's about to be 28. And Wait, Dinwiddie's about to be tw- He's 27? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I thought he was like 29, 30. He just no, looks on- old. Yeah. The, it's the goatee. It's the goatee. It is. Yeah. 100%. The goatee ages him a lot. The question is, do you think Sam Presti can raise $25 million in Bitcoin? God damn it. He, is such, he shut that down when he only made like $50,000. Fantastic. Stupid. But, I mean, you get Dinwiddie, and then you flip him to a team that really needs a point guard, uh, like a Detroit, um, yeah. a, a Los Angeles Lakers, something like that, and get even more assets out of it, you know? I mean, and that's... That's the Presti model, right? Milk it for as much as it's worth. Keep flipping and keep flipping and keep flipping until there's nothing left to flip. Yeah. So, but but would Gallo make sense in Brooklyn? Do you think that would be something that Brooklyn uh, would be interested with in? With Kyrie and KD and yeah. Bradley Beal. And <laughs> I feel like oh, when 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 do we talk about? It? Did we talk about that trade, or was it? Am I just dreaming of things? We we talked about the Brad Beal thing in, in Slack for a while, but I don't think we've ever talked about it on okay, about like was it Jarrett Allen? Uh, who else was in that trade for Brad Beal? I think it was Jarrett Allen, Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and we said they'd have to throw in two firsts. Lord have mercy, that's too. They would give up too much just for Brad Beal. I think like you're sacrificing depth for one guy. I I in Dinwiddie and Karis Levert are actually really good. Yeah. And Jared yeah. Allen is getting better. Like I think that would be so dumb. But I I'm intrigued by sending Gallo to Gallo to the uh, Nets because like you're honestly like it's kind of like recreating what that Cavs team had with LeBron and uh, K Love and Kyrie. Except now you sub LeBron and K Love with Danilo Gallinari and Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant. So you're subbing like the you know, the light versions of two guys. Kevin Love Light is Dinogalonard. Yeah, and and it's not like the Nick or the Nets are going to have worries about Gallo's age, right? You know, because care. KD's right. thirty-one, DeAndre Jordan's thirty-one, Kyrie's twenty. Like they want these guys that are ready to go, ready to make a push. I think that makes a little bit of sense. Like you Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, and God, uh, the Nets. You could get the Nets twenty twenty one pick. You could ask them for God, their 2022 this, first. So, this is so bad. Do you remember the last time the Nets tried to play the short game like that and gave all their assets to the Brooklyn Nets? to, uh, to Brooklyn, They gave all their assets to the Boston Celtics and tried to win with a really old core of what the Boston Celtics won with, and it right. went directly to crap. And this is the same yep. scenario. And Boston yeah, ended up with yeah. Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum. Uh, what else did they get out of that? There's Everything. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> my favorite oh, part man, is that bad. it made Bill Simmons cry on national TV. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, I love yeah. it when he cries. I've got a Danilo Gallinari trade if you guys are interested. Well, I'm ready. This one is with the Bucks. Ooh, it's fascinating. Okay. You've already interested me. <clears throat> so you send out, of course, Danilo Gallinari, and I don't know what his salary looks like because it would probably be a sign and trade, right? Uh, but it works for here. Uh, so that's what I'm working with. 
bring it back Giannis? I'm sure it, I'm sure it would actually work out in, regardless regardless of what I'm doing. Um, and actually, OKC okay, in this situation takes back less money. But anyways, you send out Danilo Gallinari, Terrence Ferguson. You might have to send out a future pick because in return, because again, this this is under the assumption that OKC is getting not rid of but but are trading away Chris Paul and or Dennis Schroeder in the next year. Uh, you get back, of course, Eric Bledsoe. You get back Robin Lopez, who would be on an expiring. And you get back a young asset in Dante DiVincenzo. So that's why I, that's why I say you might have to attach a pick. That's an interesting one. Uh, a backcourt of Shea and Dante. Uh, both can kind of handle a little bit. Both can shoot it a little bit. Um, I don't think Dante will ever be a starter on the team, but I just think OKC yeah. loves, loves, loves those young picks and loves those guys that they didn't get to have their hands on. And Dante DiVincenzo has shown the ability to do something pretty special at the next level. You know, he won a title at Villanova, and um, uh, Presti loves those dudes. And I think that, I mean, like as a wing or as a – Guard because you know, Ferguson's a six six shooting guard, right? He can play the two and the three. Whereas Divincenzo, he's pretty limited at he's six four. He probably play the one two, um, and maybe the three in certain situations. But he has a higher basketball IQ. He can play the wing. He can shoot it from outside. He can also handle the ball. So he gives you a lot of options there. Um, my thing is is again like the Bucks. You don't care about the acquisition of Terrence Ferguson. <laughs> You care about Danilo Gallinari, and again, going all in for a title, and that's if they don't win it this year, right? Because the following year, because you were never really ever going to use Eric Bledsoe in crunch time. You were going to put Giannis at the point guard or something, uh, and so there, that offers you a lot of other things. But again, it's that rookie thing with Dante DiVincenzo. It's the young guy, so that's why I mentioned that one, because Presti is either going to bring in picks or he's going to bring in a young player. That's that's I think has been his mo. And with the Clippers, he did he robbed them both, and they almost got Shamit in the deal. Um, so it's just really intriguing to see what the Bucks would actually do with that. So let me ask you this, Calmy. Let's keep that same trade scenario there, okay. but instead of Divincenzo, let's say Milwaukee wants to keep Divincenzo because they think he's important to their bench for a title run. Instead, they're going to give you their first in twenty twenty three. Do you take the gamble on that? No. Saying no. Giannis might leave, they no. could suck, and that 2023 would be like lottery. No, I don't. I, I'm taking. I'm taking honestly a deep. In, I'm taking the proven product uh, because we don't know what the draft pool is going to look like two years from now. Uh, Giannis doesn't seem like a guy. He didn't. We, we say that. We said that about Kevin Durant, Lamarcus Aldridge, and everybody <laughs> else. But Giannis doesn't seem like a type of guy to leave a situation that good. Where like Chris Middleton is really good. And you have so many other guys on that team that are actually really good players, and and everybody wants to play with Giannis right now. It's like the LeBron effect, except that now it's Giannis on Adekumpo, and it's pretty, it's pretty incredible that you're seeing people go to play in Milwaukee at a discount because they want to play with Giannis because of how close they are actually to a title. Um, so, no, I'm taking the proven product in Dante DiVincenzo because I don't think Giannis would be like, oh, you know what, we got this close. And, by the way, you should read The Winning Machine by Ethan Strauss if you already haven't. 
I don't think you I don't think Giannis would be like, you know, we just got beat by this team that had completely crapped my leg crapped out my leg during the Western Conference Finals or Eastern Conference Finals. I think I'm gonna join them. I think Giannis wants to win with the Bucks and I think he has a very strong I think I remember reading he has an incredibly strong relationship with the president of that team and the GM where like he like begged them not to fire uh, one of their coaches. Is my right on that one? That he would do anything to not have them fire one of their coaches, their head coach from however many years ago? Yeah, I think was it Jason Kidd? Yeah, it was Kidd. It was Kidd. He was like like he was like wanting them to like, I don't I'm begging is probably a bad word there, but like he didn't want like pleading kid to be fired. Maybe pleading yeah, is a better word. In that he would like he would do a lot of things, and they just did anyways. Of course, it worked out for the better. Um, but he just didn't seem like a ch- type of guy that would leave. And um, so, but we've said that before. But again, look at the yeah, situation that... the Bucks are in. You have to look at the situation the Bucks are in, but also the conference. You can run through the conference each year, and your most difficult opponents are the Celtics. Who Danny Ainge is just never going to give up those picks that, and it's probably going to bite him in the butt. And you've got to deal with the aging Nets, in which KD has some serious issues, and you don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. He's and you, him and Kyrie, like who who else in the East has a chance? That's that's the the East is not. Uh not a slaughterhouse by any means. I yeah. think it, for me, it's less about what the situation looks like for the Bucks and more about from OKC's perspective. I think with the number of draft picks that they have, if DiVincenzo is a guy that intrigues Presti, you pull that trigger every single day yeah. to get DiVincenzo because like you said, it's not that he's a proven product, but it's you know what you're getting. You buy into that potential like we've seen Presti do with you know, a guy like Jeremy Grant, where you see a little bit of him with another team, you bring him in, you give him a chance to develop in the Thunder development system and see what they can become versus falling on a draft pick, hoping that the Bucks are terrible when you get it, and then hoping that the lottery balls fall your way. It feels like there's a lot more risks in that scenario. I agree. No, I agree. I agree. All right, guys, so we have the Milwaukee trade. We have the Indiana trade. We have the Brooklyn trade, and then we have the Denver trade. Which one do you like most for Danilo Gallinari? To rehash them real quick, the Bucks trade was, uh, in essence, salary filler to get Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, the Indiana trade was basically Gallo for Miles Turner. The Nets trade was for Dinwiddie. Joe Harris and a pick. And then the Nuggets trade was for Gary Harris and Monte Morris. Hmm. If all four of those are on the table, Presti's got to pull the trigger on one of them because Gallo's ready to move on. Which one do you take? My gut tells me Brooklyn because you get a pick. And like we talked about, Dinwiddie and Joe Harris, while probably not, you know, long-term fits for the Thunder. I think you could potentially get something of value for them, whether it's a younger guy or, um, I don't know, do you package them with somebody else and get another pick? Uh, But I think the fact that that one has a pick and two guys that you can probably turn into something else makes it intriguing for me. All right, come here. 
Dude, I don't even know. Um, I mean, I really, really like <laughs> Dinwiddie. Um, Joe Harris is just, you know, he, he I say he's just, but he's a 40, 40% plus shooter from three at the corners. It's an incredible three-point shooter, and you, I guess you might package one of those guys or both those guys later to, to get some more youth because, again, like, OKC's looking for the youth movement um, in OKC. The San Presti's looking for the youth movement. So, like, anything you take back is either going to get traded, used in the draft, or a young player that Presti wanted during the draft that just they couldn't move up far enough to get. So, uh, I could see the Dinwiddie thing. Um, you're... you're in but you know you're taking your chances on you're taking your chances on uh what teams are willing to give up for Dinwiddie and Joe Harris uh in with the Denver thing like I just kind of throwing stuff out there because again you have to also consider casual trading partners and OKC and Denver trade all the time they're like buddies that's weird um, like the just GMs have developed really good relationships and trusts, and so like yeah, Sam Presti and whoever the GM in Denver is, they probably have a lot of trust between one another. And and maybe Sam Presti and and the Nets maybe not so much after basically Presti told the Nets that yeah we're gonna we're gonna trade you uh all these dudes for Brook Lopez and that never happened, and so I don't know if he, the Nets even pick up the phone for that, but and then you come to um. And even even with the Denver picks, like I don't think those guys would really, like I think like what are you trying to do? Are you trying to rehab, not rehab, but refinish and retool, refurbish Gary Harris, and hope for Monte Morris's upside. Um, I don't know. I I like I like the Bucks one because you know what you're getting in getting in Dante Divincenzo, but I also like the upside of what you could get for Dinwiddie, depending upon you know what the season looked like that may begin in December. So I don't know. Yeah, one of those um, two. I the the Nets one is interesting to me. Same reason why you guys have hashed it out. I I like the idea of Miles Turner. I think that's interesting. I think he could be like an All NBA type of guy. Uh, let me look up. I, I should have been looking this up while you were talking, Kamiar, but I can find it really quick miles turner from three uh shot almost three attempts a game last year and shot 39 percent this Usually season in the corners 34 percent yeah. on four attempts a game i mean you kind of get that more modern um like shot blocking defensive anchor why center do you hate, who can space out on adams offense. why do you hate stephen adams no i love stephen adams i'm just <laughs> saying this idea is it's not what i heard you hate stephen adams would you would you restructure Steven to get fifteen mil a year and pay Miles Turner to be the four? You could try it. Because I don't think Miles Turner is gonna be able to body up on some of these traditional bigs. I think he would get worked. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. Um, like you put Miles Turner on Jokic, it's bye, yeah. son. It's game over. Yeah, I definitely get that. I I wonder. I don't know, just as the game progresses and we get more perimeter-based as of right now, and, and I think basketball, we talk about how much the actual NBA game shifts. Uh, I think it's more like a pendulum. We, we swing one way, and eventually we're going to swing back the other. Right now it's about having perimeter guys and guys that can shoot threes, and eventually like the meta of the game is going to shift back to having big guys who can rim protect and who can, who can score down low. Um, so I definitely see that as a concern. Um, so I don't know. I just, 
I find that one fascinating. I think I would end up doing the Brooklyn one, though. That sounds. Yep. That sounds like I think if we all three were the decision makers, we'd agree that the Brooklyn one is the way to go. That's fair. I mean, Andre Robertson's sister, who is married to or dating uh, Spencer. Spencer Dinwiddie, would probably do more for the team than Andre ever did. So. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we're at an hour and ten minutes. Do you either of you have any parting thoughts before we get our listeners out of here? Uh, yes, PJ Tucker when he played for the Suns with the Marcus with Marcus and whatever the Morris twins. Remember, PJ Tucker playing for the Suns a long time ago played the two for the Suns, the and now he's playing the five. So like Indeed. people mentioned, maybe man, man, this breaks really good for Stephen Adams. He's always banged up down the stretch. You can imagine PJ Tucker's put eating so much protein to get punished in the playoffs. <laughs> To get himself ready. He better eat up. That's all I got. All right. Well, let's get out of here then. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you did, make sure to hit that subscribe button. We drop episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning until the games come back. And then you get post-game podcasts from us, and I am so excited. Post-game podcasts! If you're a long-time listener, thank you so much for for everything, for always checking in with us. If you haven't already, go drop a five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you listen to. It would mean a lot to us. It really helps our podcast out as far as more exposure. Uh, And it's a really simple thing to do to help us out. So we appreciate you. We're going to keep bringing you content while the league is on hiatus. Hopefully that's not for too much longer, though. You guys have a great Memorial Day. Stay safe. Continue to wash your hands. Wear that mask if you're within six feet of people. That would be a good idea. We want to get everyone healthy so we can get butts and seats for next year's <laughs> NBA games. That's all I got. Have a great beginning of your week. Stay dry. We will be back with you again on Wednesday, I believe, with another redraft. I think we're doing 2012 this week. Yeah, we're going so to make sure to tune into that. In seats. And we will talk to you later. Put butts in seats. And you did up. a slight pause after butts. And, and you said we're going to get butts in seats. You can do both, I guess. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.